0: Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama or a Korean movie and we watch it and review
1: it. Yeah, this week we decided to shake it up. So we did a poll on our Instagram and there was... We got way more responses than we've ever gotten. It was super exciting. And this is kind of part of our... I don't know. It's almost like we didn't get even across the board, but we got pretty close to even across the board on like the three options that we gave. Um, So we figured to fulfill our need and anyone who wanted us to watch a horror K-drama, we would just do a movie really quick. Like we would just watch a movie and then we would, so it, it, we did watch a horror movie. I'll get to what that was in just a second. And then that will free us up to, um, do the, like, a show that meets one of the other two cat- categories, which was either more Alchemy of Souls or a very general something else. Yeah. So.
0: I think the overwhelming majority of people voted for something else. The three votes were Alchemy of Souls Season 2, a horror or thriller drama. Or just something else entirely. And everybody was like, something else. And we were like, okay, we don't have time to figure out what that means. Because we always want to <laughs> ask our Patreon subscribers, like, what do you want us to watch? So we didn't have time mm-hmm. to throw up another poll. So we came up with this kind of more bonusy special episode that's a movie while we figure out. How to Fit in Alchemy of Souls Season 2, because we're definitely going to watch that in some form or another, maybe with just one or two podcast episodes sprinkled in around our other show. And then we also have to figure out what our other show is going to be. So this gives us a little bit of wiggle room and let us watch a horror film for our K-Drama podcast. So it fulfills all needs. You're all very
1: welcome. We nailed it. (laughs) <laughs> we did it all. We did it all. Um so yes, we watched Gone Jam. Uh sorry, I already right off the bat said that wrong. Maybe <laughs> edit that out. It's fine. It's fine. Keep it in. Gone Haunted Asylum.
0: So good.
1: Yeah. So it was um obviously you can see the title of the episode that we posted so you knew kind of going into this what you were getting into um and if or you have seen it or not. Dear listeners, but if you haven't... So, I have so many thoughts on this show. And not all of... I will say not all of them are, like, 100% positive. It's not, like, the best horror show or movie I've ever seen, right? But I had a lot of fun with it. I loved it. It was, like, a... Yeah. It was a really, really fun horror movie. I had presented Emily with an insane amount of options (laughs) that we could go with. And I genuinely... Like, I don't want this to sound corny and contrived... I was genuinely so stoked when you chose this one Aww. because I love movies like this, but I also know that movies in this format can be like, they're so hit or miss. Some people, it's like one of, they love them. And then other people are like, I hate the filming style because <laughs> it's the very, um, it's like the found footage type style where the people who are in the, Drama are filming it. They're like a film crew. So think Blair Witch Project, if you haven't watched this one before. Um, Cloverfield? Or, yes, Cloverfield. Uh, there's also uh, Paranormal Activity. Is, is kind of like is, is, that? hmm I love all of those. <laughs> Me too. So, probably in my top 5 favorite horror films of all time is the blair witch project and to this day i still think the blair witch project did found footage best out of all of the films i have done found footage since because it was kind of the first of its kind but and we can kind of i probably will do a lot of comparing this to that because of that standard that i have for it in my head of why i love the blair witch project and the shows that do a similar filming style like And anyway, yeah. Uh, So, like, one of the things that... Sorry, I've talked so much. I do just want to do one last disclaimer and then we can hop into, like, actual thoughts and moments of the movie. But um, one disclaimer at the very top. I do... (laughs) I do not like... The haunted asylum, like any kind of asylum horror trope very much. It does bother me that there's this very massive trope where people are like, people were tortured, mentally ill, severely mentally ill in some cases, or not so severely, but forced to become severely mentally ill by being tortured people in asylums come back as the bad guy, right? Because it just bothers me so much that the narrative is like these people had the worst of cause that's real, right? Like that's true. People in asylums, um, when terrorized when asylums, traumatized. Yes. Tortured, sometimes to death. And uh and now they're entertainers in their afterlife. Right. It's like they come back and they're the bad guys. They're evil. They come back as evil ghosts. And I would like to posit that if that's a thing if these ghosts come back, I like to think that if they're vengeful at all, it's toward the people that hurt them. It's not just to whoever, whenever, but even further than that, I just like to imagine that if there's ghosts at all, that it's not people who have to live in some loop of being tortured. And because I yeah, I just don't like the narrative that the people who were tortured in asylums, the mentally ill people who were tortured in asylums, are the bad guys, because they never were. I would, I would say maybe 1% of them were actually bad people who did, like, violent crime, and then the rest of them were just housewives that didn't listen to their husbands well enough and <laughs> got lobotomized for it, and people suffering from depression that were tortured... So that they would stop being depressed and, you know, it's like, it was so few people that were the actual bad guy in any capacity. And even then, it's like, if they were the bad guy and they were mentally ill, it was probably because they weren't given the resources that they needed. It wasn't because they were born bad, because they had a mental illness. So anyway, that was a very long soapbox. I just wanted to say that at the top of this, this is a very, very fun fun show. Uh, if you are into the horror genre, it just felt important to get that disclaimer out of the way.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. It was much more important than my disclaimer, which was the only places that we found to watch this were on Freebie and YouTube, and you had to watch it with <laughs> commercials. So if you do want to go watch this, before we talk about it, we're going to be all spoilers. So mm-hmm. don't don't listen to this first. Go watch it first. Um. The only places that we found had commercials interrupting the whole time. And that also felt worth mentioning, but after your thing, felt less worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. You did a really good job.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I thought about it a lot during the film where I was like, I just wish that it was like the evil director or whatever that was the ghost that was t- haunting these it's people said and that not. It is
0: on the cast the list. Patients. It said yeah. that she's the ghost, but we also had like. We're going to come in hot with the spoilers. We also had definitely one of the patients and I think one of the high school girls. So it felt very like, we're just taking any ghosts. But I think the one who killed the very last person, the main character, was the director.
1: Okay, that tracks. I think she
0: was the quote-unquote main villain, main baddie.
1: Yeah. The worst ghost.
0: So maybe you get 1% better, you get 1% credit. Uh Gonji. Yeah,
1: where they were like yeah, they were like the the real bad person wasn't the patients, but they do their fair share of murder in this. They do they do pop up and murder people. But Yeah.
0: You know, that's yeah, that's the trope. That's the genre. They take no prisoners. Oh, I really liked this movie. And Jason got really into it as well. He usually hates horror, but he was in it. It's hard because he only got to watch the first half, and he was like, nothing happens. It's been 45 minutes and nothing scary has (laughs) happened,
1: which, fair. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) And that is kind of the pitfalls with movies that are found footage, is that there is a very obvious build-up, because they can't- or I guess like there's a very slow build-up, because if they start- it's all from the character's point of view, and if they start too soon, then it escalates too quickly. So it has to be like, I don't know, they have to do like little things. Something very clever that I thought they did was having a couple things that were contrived moments of horror, where it was like, oh, but actually it was the director of this weird live stream and his two, um I don't know, the filming assistants that are causing... These particular pieces of mayhem. Um, But I guess, like, one of the problems with that is those were, like, two of my three favorite pieces of mayhem. Oh, no! I really... One of the things they didn't do that I loved, because I am very less is more with stuff like this, um, I loved that they changed the writing on the wall. Ooh, that was good. And that wasn't, like, contrived. That was, like, a real thing where it was, like... Let's live turns to let's die. And there's just something so satisfying about that, that. Where you're not seeing a ghost. You're not seeing the thing that's killing everyone. You're just seeing the way it's shaping the world in small ways that are so eerie. I fucking love that shit. That's why the Blair Witch Project is my favorite. Because it never really shows whatever is terrorizing them. It's all just like implied horror and and moments of eerie and stuff like that. So I love shit like that. That was my favorite thing about it, was that the writing on the wall changed.
0: Oh. oh, that was really good. I think my favorite was the scene where the three people are in a room that's doorless and it has water underneath them and water above them.
1: That was good. I just love
0: like trippy psychedelic, psychological horror that's like, we've lost all sense of reality here for just a moment. And especially in the asylum setting, I thought it worked so well to be like, have these three people completely lost their minds after being put through horrendous torture, like so many of the patients were probably put through. And it's just, oh, it's so cool. It's so trippy to see them pan the camera around and have the water effect on the walls like the reflection of the water on the walls where you're like what's gonna happen next is the water gonna start rising is the water gonna fall from the ceiling is it i thought it was gonna be a definite like suffocation like drowning scene and i'm glad it wasn't i'm not a huge fan of drowning it really freaks me out but it's a horror movie so i was signing up for whatever but it was uh I just love that. And oh, okay, one more. When Charlotte finally finds the tent, she's like running through the woods with Ji Hyun, and they get separated. She leaves her behind. She finally gets to the tent. She trips in, and she's back in the asylum. Like, oh, what? Oh, that's so so stressful. So stressful. So good.
1: Yeah, that's that, um, you're running through quicksand in your dream or some shit where it's just so frustrating because they got out, they got out, but they had reached the point where you can't get out, and that is so, yeah, that that was really, really cool. I also liked her whole scene- um, of just staring at the, the, th- like, the person in the room with her to like, because it oh went on God. for so long. And I, I think that they struck personally for me a perfect balance with how long it went on because I kept waiting and waiting and the anticipation and the anticipation and you're just like, Waiting for that other shoe to drop, for it to run at her, or for something to happen. It to be closer the next time she looks over, and nothing- The only thing that happened was it scooted into view again, in the exact same distance. Like, horrifying. It definitely
0: can move, it definitely is tracking you, but what are the intentions?
1: Yeah, because it's just, like- and it just went on for so long mm-hmm. and i thought it was the perfect amount of time because that anticipation building of just how long it, it happened for was it was very good
0: oh it was very good i really liked it oh one thing i was surprised that they didn't do was establish whether the three kind of main con artist guys the the ghost team that were putting everything together, whether they actually believed in ghosts or not. Because you would kind of assume they don't if they do this for a living and they set up all the stuff to be fake, to
1: be staged. Yeah. I assumed, at the very least, Weeha Jun's character did not, because he was... I feel like at the point that you see someone launched down the hallway by some force that clearly is not natural, at that point, if you have even a modicum of belief in ghosts, you, even if you're like a bad dude who's only in it for the money, like at that point, you probably can't really think past what just happened. And he still could to be like, don't you dare, like, walk away from that door, right? Like, he got mad and, like, went to the asylum because he thought that they were going to walk away before going in the room or whatever. And I think that they they definitely built his character up that he doesn't believe in ghosts. The other characters... There wasn't a ton of really solid character development in this. That's That fair. was one thing where I was like, I didn't... We know that, like, the one youngest girl was supposed to be, like, super innocent and, like... Just kind of chill. Yeah. And like
0: sort of maybe establish a relationship with the, the guy that they were kind of bickering. Like Jae-yin and a were pretty bickery for a lot of the movie in like a very cute, almost flirty way. They are like, yeah. oh, they're going to be paired up. They're going to have a ship by the end of the movie. And it's it's totally fine to not do that. But yes, having no character development for anyone else also makes you be like you were laying the foundations of something with those two characters and you didn't even finish it up. We we could have had something there.
1: Yeah, just any yeah, there wasn't much character development and there wasn't much space for like so they told us the story of the, you know, the asylum and the director and they found the pictures, which is good st- storytelling, um, world building for sure. So I don't want to say they didn't do it at all, but I guess. So here's my comparison. Again, uh, it will probably happen two or three more times. But with the Blair Witch Project, there's a part at the very beginning that they're just walking around town interviewing people about the local fo- folklore and you get two different stories and one is about the Blair Witch but then there's one about just a person who is who is killing people that sort of became the Blair Witch for a lot of people and because you have that foundation storytelling, you get to tell the story of what happens to the people by the end in your mind because you have really good foundational, like, that's more than just Spooky Ghost Do Murder. It's like there's some kind of like, I don't know, not there's like something up in the air about it, but there's also lore behind it, which I think is really cool. And again, it's not that they didn't do it. It just felt very basic. It was just kind of like an asylum where people had terrible lives and were killed by this one person, and now they are they're mad. Everyone's mad and no one's no one's here for a good time. <laughs>
0: That's fair. I think I liked the simplicity of it, but like you said, because there was not much more to it, it probably isn't one that will stick with me for a really long time. It's not a movie that I will come back to and think about a lot or recommend to people, but I liked it. It was easy to understand. It was basic. It was fun. So, like, points for that. Points for just a good time. Yeah. But yeah, I see that. I see that there was no... No deep, no depth to the storytelling. Just, uh, yeah, like, (laughs) I even thought they'd do a lot more with the ping pong for some reason. I thought we came back to that over and over and over again. And it was just like, nope, if you hear a ping pong ball, that means you're going to die. It's like, that's it. That's the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Same with the shower room with the shape of a, the, like, shape of a person stained into the wall. And there was the moving camera in there. And they came back to that one time and the camera moved. And I actually don't even remember what, I remember the water turning on. Uh I don't remember if, was there anything there or was it just the water turned on the camera moved?
0: Yeah. I don't remember anything about it except the water turning on. I don't even remember the camera moving. Which, like, maybe that's on me but kind of felt like like after everyone died and they just start going through the different cameras very cool way to end the movie but not super engrossing not it didn't like tie up parts of the story it was just like look how creepy this place is okay
1: <laughs> spooky Uh, all right, yeah, and like I loved the room with all of the lockers that ended up being, and it, and they were like, it looks like a mausoleum after a bombing, and it was that was so spooky, and I thought that that was like. Like, everything that happened in that room was so unnerving. Like, him, I'm assuming faking having his arm get stuck in there, and then it wasn't fake when she put her arm in there. It
0: was, like, the first real scare, and it was so perfect.
1: Yeah, that was also very good scare shenanigans. I enjoyed that a lot. I liked... When he, when, um, he's trying to get his friend, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who was the main narrator that uh. he, like, got knocked out by the flying furniture. Uh-huh. And then the cameraman was trying to, um, get him out of there. And he gets, like, the door slams open and he gets dragged down the hallway. That like that shit scares me so anything grabbing my ankles Uh and i can't see the thing that's like a deep-seated fear for
0: me that's paranormal activity 100 percent. it's still something that stays with me when i'm in bed at night like don't grab my ankles and drag me out of bed demons
1: okay i don't please (laughs) it's my worst fear anything else please It's a weak point. Drag me by my wrist, drag me by my (laughs) my hair, but don't grab my ankles. Come on.
0: (laughs) Yes, I really liked that. That, oh. I think that was better than um, Sung Wook's ending with the wheelchair. I feel like as much as I liked all the horror, I wasn't super impressed with the individual deaths.
1: Yeah, the only one I even sort of was reasonably spooked by was charlotte's charlotte's was really good yeah um and everyone else's i was just kind of like because yeah charlotte's was awesome especially when you hear it again from the other side of the door and it was like oh, oh my sh-. god yes
0: you get the whole like 360 experience of charlotte's death oh my god
1: Yeah. Yeah. Horrifying. And then you know what's going on inside of the room. Yes. And that was my, like, her whole situation was my one exception to feeling okay about seeing, like, the physical manifestation of a ghost that actually typically really takes me out of it. Yeah. That's, like, kind of immersion breaking for me. Um, and it was in, like, with pretty much all of the other moments, especially um, Wee ha character, <laughs> uh, <laughs> jae right?
0: Oh, uh, no. they've they got their Ha-Jun. own names. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ha-Joon. Um, so yeah, wei ha Um, his death was... I didn't care for it at all. My immersion was completely broken as soon as the face was, like, right there next to him, and then it was just, like, screaming and gargling, and that was weird. Which, like,
0: he was doing a fantastic job. You had to fully focus on him, because, like, exceptional. Just that, that terror, that, like, realization was perfection but then this the ghost next to him again like acting superb 10 out of 10 she was doing a great job but just it's too much it's too much to have her just like right there and it was uh, just a titch too long
1: yeah yeah it was too long it it was yeah too much of her too much seeing the ghost i also was not very spooked or impressed with Ji Hyun, mm-hmm. um, and just because it is really spooky that she could be standing right next to Charlotte and then just be gone, like dead. That was really good. But when they kept going back to her face, whispering like gibberish. That was nothing for me.
0: Yeah, and then they did it with a lot of the other characters, and it was just like, ah, okay, so they just kind of get possessed and go crazy, and I assume die eventually. Like, it's fine. I guess it is in line with the lore that they built in of people do walk out of this place. They are just different and eventually kill themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was a thing that I also wanted to happen, which is to say I wanted at least one of them, if not more of them, to get out, but still meet and end, because it, like, I guess that could have happened to them, because yeah, we didn't see their actual deaths, but it's one of those things where it's like, I just assumed they'd go missing, like the two teenage boys from the beginning, yeah. because... Yeah, that just kind of tracks. Which is to say like they die somewhere in there and no one ever is ever able to find them and whatever. But yeah, I um I wanted someone to get out and maybe not in a good, like, happy ending kinda way, right? But like in a this place, like, you don't leave the place unchanged kind of thing to kind of run with that as well, because having, yeah, just seeing them all go crazy and then being like, okay, everybody died. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think I would have thought about it until we were here. So it did pass the refrigerator test, but now thinking back on it, rewriting my own ending, I would have loved to see Seung Wook the guy who gets knocked out by the furniture wake up in the morning and kind of be in like the normal asylum and he's in charge of going to look for people and maybe the maybe he finds everyone but they're different somehow like comatose or just completely gone from from their bodies and then we had looks like he has hung himself it's not that he looks like he's been choked out by a ghost. It's like, he looks like he killed himself. And it's like, I think that would have been cool and spooky and in line with the lore they built. And then they could have given Sung-look like a Final Destination ending where he's hit by a car as soon as he gets outside.
1: And you're like, what is this? Yeah, or like he throws himself in front, or like yeah. he throws himself, like- Or he just goes he into just the woods? He just drives the van. and like- yeah
0: fucks off for the rest of his life he's just like i i'm not doing this and like he technically you watch him walk off into the woods but people are like there's a news report after that says he's missing i'm really excited about this ending we've written
1: yeah as usual we have our (laughs) own idea on how it should end we're the worst worst. but also we come up with a pretty cool ending okay because the wheelchair
0: thing is fine but we had just had so many spooks at that point that you want it to tone down a little bit you want to take that step back and be like what would it look like for one of these people to almost feel safe again would that be scarier
1: yeah 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 that was um and the thing that they did at the end with like the views are down to 500 or whatever um that was so that one was tricky for me because i actually should have I'm sure it says as much in the subtitles, but I missed, like, one or two of the subtitled comments from the quote-unquote live stream at at the very end there. I, it felt like they were implying that the numbers never got up to one million the way that it had showed. It felt like it implied that that was the ghost's doing as well to, oh. to like, really mess with Weeha Jun's head.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. That makes sense. But,
1: but maybe it really was just everyone had dropped off and the last few stragglers were like, that wasn't real.
0: Yeah. That's what that was my impression was that it was back down to five hundred and everybody had just logged off and been like, What a wild ride. Um but now we're just watching a black screen and clearly it's over. But I think you're right. I think maybe the implication was that all of it was fake. Oh, this has blown my mind. That's really yeah, good. Cause yeah. that was also one of one of my, our many favorite parts about this movie. One more favorite part was I liked that the haunting extended to weeha in the tent. That it wasn't yes. just in the asylum.
1: Yeah, I really liked that as well. Like when the stove first turns on. Yes. I got stressed. <laughs> I got really stressed. As you in should. A big way.
0: As you should, because it's spooky and I feel like the stuff in the tent was some of the most subtle horror. Where it's just the electricity going out and you're like, ooh, that means a ghost. And he's like, no, it doesn't. It just means I'm in the middle of the woods working off of a generator with 16 computer screens. Like, this stuff happens, but he's obviously stressed about it. But then just the computers come back on and you're like, bro, bro, that's a ghost sign. Like, it's all very subtle stuff. But it's spooky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I loved that, too. Yeah. That was... Because that's the less is more that I I really like with the films. I am... I already implied this, but... Uh, or I guess, in a way, straight out said it. But I do want to, like, focus in on the actual... There was one ghost I was okay with. I, I hate seeing ghosts in horror films. Yeah, I... It completely like and this is no exception the one that we did see was spooky as heck uh that i liked was spooky as heck for charlotte's scene and like i thought it was important because her death scene was my favorite but even if they had like hadn't shown whatever attacked and killed her up close like after she after it attacked her if it was just like and then her camera like go shaky and cuts. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been enough for me because I just think that it is the least spooky thing to see someone in ghost makeup. It immediately makes me... it My brain turns off and goes, oh, this is just a horror movie. It's not. there." There's something about not ever showing what is coming after them that is artful, I think, that is very underrated. And I think some of the best... Pieces of horror, especially the found footage horror, never shows what's going on. Like, paranormal activity, you never see what's going on. Truly, like, you see things happening, but you never see a, a daunting spooky face. Yeah, shadow oh.
0: demons running around. like it. Yeah, and I thought they were going to do that with Weeha Jun's scene, because he has the drone up at one of the windows, and he's like, What the hell is that? And then it kind of never comes back to that. I yeah. thought they'd do a lot with him getting to that window and switching to the drone footage of something coming up behind him, where similar to Charlotte's, the guy was so far away. The ghost was so far away for so much of her scene that you're, you know, it's a person. You can tell they have a big scar. It's like very, it's standing in a very spooky position, but it's never, Super close up. It's never close enough that you can see all the details of what's in the room with her. And I thought they would do that with Weeha Jun, where the drone footage shows something coming up behind it, but you can't really tell. And then you get him lifting the camcorder and starting to turn it around. Like just those little subtle things, but not his full GoPro face cam being zoomed in right in on it. Like that was too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that when. Yeah, when shows do that, or when movies, horror movies, do that step too far, where they show exactly what we're supposed to be afraid of, they're showing us what the writer or the makeup artist or whatever is afraid of, right? They're not showing us things to fear. They're like, oh, look at how messed up this person is. Isn't that spooky scary? And I'm (laughs) like, yeah, but not... I guess my mind just doesn't get carried away with how did they end up like that. My mind gets way more carried away when I can't see what is, like, yeah. I think that, yeah, it's just artful. I, I'm i saying the same thing over and over again. But, yeah, I agree. If they had done more with, like, yeah, f- like, zoomed out shots, it's like they had so much set up for really cool things that they were going to do with, like, having the drone, and then they just never really utilized the drone to its full potential. And then, um, having, um... All the motion cams. Yeah, like, the motion cams. Never, like, letting those live up to their potential. Can I Stuff like can that. Can I ask
0: you, there was a scene where the two people are standing, Ayun and Jaehyun Jae-yoon, are standing outside the door, 402, and Hoon comes running up to them, and he kind of runs back and forth along the hallway a few times in that scene. And there's like a strobe light, which I think is a really cool horror effect to use a strobe light. I didn't really get what was going on with the strobe light. I I think it was motion activated, so he might have been activating it. But mostly I was like, is there supposed to be a ghost in the strobe light with him that I'm just not seeing because I watched it during the daytime like an idiot?
1: I'm the same, because I watched it during the daytime. My dog kept opening the window, and so I couldn't, like, the light would flood the screen and make the, like, the glare would make it not super perceptible what was going on. Okay. In the darker scenes, Um, I am the same, where that felt like the light was strobing, I kept expecting to see something, and I never did see anything, and it it's another one of those moments where looking back, I'm like, well, maybe I should have just, like, rew rewound it but uh I didn't because I didn't know what part it would have even happened at cuz I was looking for something where I was like did anything yeah. happen when he was cuz he runs down and he says we've got to go we've got to go and then when they are trying to get Charlotte out because they can hear her dying on the other side of the door and he panics and he's like well I'm just going to leave and he starts to run down the hallway It looked like he saw something that made him come back, but I never saw if he saw anything or, like, what happened to him that made him turn around. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, that part lost me a little bit, but I think it was my fault. Um, I guess it was unhelpful. We're both in the same boat of, like, it's probably on us that we missed that scene, but I liked the setup. The premise was very good. I'm sure it was, they did a super good job with the strobe effect. That, oh, that reminded me of the camcorder. I also really liked when they were in the water room and they had the camcorder in the corner and you see a girl and it's like, that's kind of spooky. It's a very tropey, like spook light that she gets closer and like, okay, whatever. I loved that then you start getting these horrifying noises and these very unclear scenes of so many people being just lined up in that room. And there's no real lore added to the story from it. There's no real horror added from it. It's just awful. And I loved that.
1: Yeah. I thought that they were going to do something where – because they a couple times had, like, the hands coming around the people's heads. Yeah. And – I thought they were going to do something where they were like, we have to be looking at each other to stop this like, we have to have the light on each other but then someone was going to get, like, distracted by the noises and slip up and that's when they would start to drop like, where, like they would have almost figured out a way to have, like, lived but it was never meant to be kind of thing where it's like, okay well, we can get out of this as long as, like we watch each other's backs, but, like then what's-his-face or something, like, hears the moaning or whatever, and goes like, what the fuck is that? And then looks away, and whoever he was supposed to be looking at, like, gets taken. Oh,
0: oh, I like that. Because I think that is what I loved about Charlotte and Jihyun's escape, is there's that hope, there's that brimming hope within you that they're just going to leave and you know it's not going to happen. But you just think for a moment, maybe they'll make it back to the camp. And there are, yeah, there weren't a lot of those moments otherwise. And yeah, that scene in particular could have used it, could have utilized the false hope of like, we can survive this. There are no doors, but there's a tiny window over there. Let's figure something out with that. Or if we just do this one thing, then the ghosts will leave us alone. It would have been good. It was still good, but it could have been even better.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's this uh thing that when I was a kid, I used to do to like if me and my brother watched a horror film or something, I would ask him this same question, and his answer was always, "I don't fucking know. That doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter." Um, but when I was younger, and still to this day, I really love the build-up before the horror starts. But the question I would always ask my brother is, at what point do you think they were doomed? Like, at what point was there no return? They were never getting out. And that, like, as when I was younger and getting into horror films, that would, like, preoccupy my mind. I would, like, think about it a lot with different horror films. Like, at what point did they no longer, could they no longer, like leave this situation because they were being hunted by the Blair Witch or they were, you know, like, in this situation, it's like they were cursed or whatever. Like, at what – I mean, like, did the curse begin – obviously, everyone says, like, the curse begins when you try to open door 402.
0: But But clearly not, babe.
1: Yeah, because not all of them were there when the one guy was trying to open door 402, and like, I don't think that Charlotte and Ji Hyun were ever there
0: for it's like trying to open. They were the door. up there at one point. They did the come back later to see us open door four hundred two really early
1: <sighs> on. Yeah. Okay. So maybe they were at like part of that point in time when what's his face? I think it was Sung Wook that was trying to kick down the door, mm. and like. Maybe they were there, and that's why they're culpable, but I also am kind of like, well, isn't it kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, though, that everyone says 402 is the reason the girls got cursed, and but now everyone subsequently tries to open door 402, but maybe it's like, if you ever even step foot, then you are killed, but, like, I don't know. At what what point do you think there was no returning? Do you think it was door 402, like the story says? Or do you think that it was when they tried to summon the lost souls? Or do you think it was the moment that they pulled their van up to the back entry?
0: Ooh, I was pretty convinced about pulling the van up being the moment of no return, like, really early on. But after talking about it and thinking of all the pre-footage that they shot in front of 402... I'm going to stick with the myth and say it's it's all about 402.
1: Like, if they had never tried to open door 402, they might have seen some spooky shit, or they might have just only seen the spooky shit that, like, was manufactured, the manufactured spooky shit.
0: Yeah, I, because I was also going to say maybe it was that at the seance, because I loved that after the seance, they get the group shot and it's not till later that Hajun is like, "Wait a second! If everybody's in the shot, who's filming the shot?" Oh, so subtle, so perfect.
1: Yeah, and Jae Yoon looks at the camera too, which is even spookier because it's like they were already in their like own heads with all- so much stuff that it's like if he's looking at the camera and they're all in the shot, what was he seeing? Yeah, when he looked at the camera.
0: Ooh, I don't know. Is that the moment they were cursed? I I feel like it's got to be The Door, just because I'm a simpleton, and this was a simple movie that's just like, we told you the answer. It's all in 402. As soon as they got near The Door, they were all cursed.
1: Yeah. Like, you can't go near Door 402 without inflicting a curse. It has nothing to do with trying to open it. <laughs>
0: What do you think? What do you think the moment they were all doomed was? Um,
1: I mean, yeah, I I guess it's better storytelling if it really was the curse happens. Because the writing on the wall didn't change until after they tried to open door 402. But also that happened after the seance and after, like, they all started freaking out and believing something was coming for them or whatever because of the... I can't remember if the writing changed before, after someone's, uh, before they stuck their hands in the. I think it was after. I
0: think it was right after, and once they saw the writing, they were like, "Nope, nope, nope! It is time to go. We do not care at all what you guys have to say. I've got claw marks down my arms. Charlotte's got just die under her name. We are walking away. Good for you, girls. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, yeah. I think
1: I don't know. I think maybe it was the seance. Okay. But maybe anyone... They have, like, cops patrol the area, though, right? Like, they say, like, cops are patrolling the area, and they can hear them when they're walking up. So it's probably not... Like, you don't hear about all the cops that patrol the area dying. So unless they just withheld that information, it's probably not as soon as they pull like roll up to the property. It's probably sometime... There's some line that was crossed inside of the building. Probably room 402. That's cuz that's what they told us.
0: Cuz yeah, you would assume if the teens were declared missing that somebody went inside the building and looked for them. Like, yeah. It would it would
1: be pretty negligent for those police to be like, "I guess they just didn't come out." I'm so glad you brought that up because that feels like a huge loophole to me that two teenage boys, effectively children, like two children go missing and they would not have exhausted every single option like cut a hole into the wall of room 402 to look for the missing children that feels like a leap to me that it's like their last known location was trying to get into that room and no one would say okay well the kids are still missing we have to open this room or like Like, we have to scour this entire asylum, and then as soon as we've cleared it, we should probably just raise it.
0: Yeah, we will burn this building to the ground, looking for these children.
1: Yeah. That's fair. That's a little bit of a loophole. Yeah. Seems not plausible that there wouldn't be some, like, one million, like, government officials trying to get into that room and they don't believe in ghosts so they're not going to just like be like but we can't go in room 402 because it's cursed it's like that's not gonna happen if you're looking for missing children and there's enough people like enlisted in that task
0: yeah there's enough people rallying behind this idea even if a couple of them believe in ghosts and they're like that that room might be cursed you're still gonna break down the door
1: yeah. Like, you kind of just stop at nothing to look for the missing children. <laughs> the windows are broken. I
0: think they can get in from the outside. Yeah. Le- Oop. 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 What is this we've discovered?
1: A loophole. A flaw. Oh, all right. Well, we've got to we've got to talk to them. Someone get Weehajun on the phone. <laughs> Someone get Weehajun on our
0: podcast. We need to talk to him about this.
1: <laughs> this...
0: Okay, last few thoughts before we take off. This show had a pretty stellar cast. It's not a cast that I've seen often. I'm sorry to say, they're all very famous people. I think only two of them have only been in Gonjiam. Like, there are only two who have one thing on their actors list, on Asian Wiki at least. Everyone else has been in lots of very famous stuff, including movies and K dramas, most of which I haven't seen. But really impressive, and they they went by their own names. I always think that's a fun little thing that you can do with movies. I liked it. I thought that was a neat little fun fact for you all.
1: Yeah, I shouldn't have. I should have noticed earlier that because the only actor I actually knew from anything else was We Jun. Oh, also. <laughs> Closing thought on him. I'll come back to it. But yeah, I, I should have noticed that his name was Hajun. I think I even clocked it at some point, but then immediately forgot about it because I was like, mm, it's probably fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they call
0: each other. They call him Captain most of the time, I think. Yeah. Or boss or they whatever. Were almost,
1: yeah. Yeah. They, all, I, they maybe referred to him as Hajun like when they were meeting or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that was a big thing. I also want to say that. Y- I love that you are just generally attracted to, like, the bad guy, the bad boy, if someone's a bad boy, and I am always attracted to the bad boy if the bad boy is played by Ha Jun, like, <laughs> immediately. I was so, I hated him for being such a tool, and I still was like, but damn, he looks so
0: good. <laughs> uh, he looks good doing it. Oh, that's He fair. looks good being such a... Douche. He was so awful in this role, like, oh, his character was the worst! But yeah, if we had Jun's the character, like,
1: pop off. Yeah, was he the worst, or was he just, you know, a little unfortunate, but <laughs> looking good doing it? <laughs> I would say the
0: latter, we all have to agree. <laughs> fair, fair, Oh. A nice movie. Yeah,
1: that was a fun one. That was
0: a fun one. I'm glad we did this. It was less intimidating than watching a whole horror show, mm-hmm. which I hope we get to do. I got really excited because a couple other K-drama podcast hosts voted for us to watch a horror show, and I was like, maybe that's because not a lot of K-drama podcasts talk about the horror thriller genre, and like we're pro- we're kind of obsessed. Yeah. So I want to do more.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're my only friend who will watch horror stuff with me, and so I get really hyped when we do horror thriller K drama stuff for like for the podcast. Just generally, also, but specifically for the podcast, I get really really excited about it because yeah, like you said, a lot of people aren't doing it. I only have one friend who wants to watch horror with me, and there's so much untapped K drama horror stuff. Yeah. So
0: yeah. So I was grateful for this, and I'm glad we picked a fun one. There are, I think, more intense, more highbrow horrors that uh, that at least I found lists of them that would get like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which to me means I probably won't get it by the end. <laughs> and I liked this one. I got it.
1: Yeah, I got it. It was fun. It was a blast. All of the ones I looked at had really high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, but there was one that had 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. But then I have thought of all of the movies that I've seen that I loved that got, like, 30 on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm like, "Eh, I don't put that much stock in it. Yes!
0: Okay, I think I found that one. It was called The Wailing. This will be the last thing, guys. We promise. Yes. (laughs) And it was, like, three hours long, which, for starters pretty intense but it got such good reviews that I was like maybe we should watch this one I bet it's good and then I googled it to see where we could watch it and almost every result was an explanation of the movie and I was like that's not a good sign we cannot jump in on that and just be another here let us explain the lore behind this horror film, this three-hour horror film, like yeah, I do not have the mental capacity. I
1: think I have watched The Wailing, really, and either I either I have seen it and don't remember anything about it except like one scene with a deer, or I started watching it and didn't finish it, or I never watched it but watched something similar but i think it was like years before i think it was years ago like maybe even before we started the podcast like maybe even before i ever watched w i'm not sure when the whaling came out so this might be me proving that i haven't seen it at all (laughs) but i think i like i went on a horror kick there was like a day i stayed home from college because i didn't feel good and i was like i'm an adult i can just not show up to my classes that's not the way to do college um (laughs) I watched movies all day, and I want to say The Wailing was one of them, but I think I started it, and I was like, "Yeah, either I don't remember it, or I was like, I noped out of it."
0: <laughs> I get that. That's why it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes because <laughs> the
1: highbrow people are like the
0: the lowbrows won't get this. They won't get they it. Won't,
1: they won't understand it. I saw something about that too, where like Guill- Guillermo del Toro said that it's one of the most underrated pieces of horror fiction, and it's one of his all-time favorites, and he's like the horror guy, and so we're supposed to watch, we probably should watch it, but I don't know if I would (laughs) (laughs) yeah, eventually
0: we'll come back next week with our review of The Wailing, and you guys will be (laughs) not impressed with our thoughts (laughs) we're much better, we're much more equipped for Gonjian, yeah, that's what we've got okay, let's do our sign off
1: Yeah, um, if you enjoyed just the little quick movie review, horror movie review, let us know. Um, Let us know if you've seen The Wailing, and if we should watch it. Just let us know some stuff at playonkpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, you can always find us on social media. We're on Instagram at playonkpodcast, on the app previously known as Twitter at playonk, and on TikTok at playonk underscore Emily.
1: Yeah, you can find our website, uh, playonk.com, where we have our episodes, you can sign up for newsletters, you can find a link to our affiliates, as well as a link to our Patreon, and yeah, like I said, that's playonk.com.
0: Or you can go directly to Patreon if you want to support our little show and get extra long episodes, that's at patreon.com slash playonk.
1: Yeah, and then if you have time, not money... Or if you just don't actually want to do the Patreon thing, which totally understandable, you can still support us, and we would really appreciate it. You can uh, just rate, review, and subscribe. That five star rating really helps us out. It helps other K drama podcast listeners find us.
0: We will be posting a poll on our Patreon this week for what we should watch next, and we will let you know by next week what we're
1: gonna see. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. So we'll see you next week for whatever we roll out Kay, Kay, bye
0: bye bye bye, bye.